You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The correct journey here stadium time is 8.32 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Your digital audio device is tuned into the Orange and True podcast, harbored by collegemagnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. It is I, Drew Croson, at Crow 2 on Twitter. But you can find me at Crow on Venmo. To one side of me is the rumor monger Ryan Starrett. Ryan S. Starrett coming through me, through you, coming to you through Skype. The S is for Skype. Gosh, we should just start over. I'm terrible today. Ryan, hello. How's it going? Yeah, not great. The other side of yeah, me. I think the S is for Skype. It keeps crashing. The other side of me giving you that full Fort Payne ASMR that you pay so much extra for. A man who is a fan in the seats and a racist nowhere else. The AUT. Hello. On today's show, we are not going to talk about alt-right conspiracy theories. We are not going to talk about Random tweets that might anger the entire Auburn linebacker core. Mm. Except to say we are pro-Auburn linebacker core and anti all of those tweets. Yes. Uh, instead, we're going to do some talking. We might actually interview a former Auburn basketball player. This is now two weeks in a row we've, we've promised that. But this week we might actually deliver. Um, Ryan's frozen. That's nothing, nothing new about that. Oh, he's here. He's just... Uh... Yeah, yeah, my camera craps out every time. Don't worry. So, what kind of computer are you working with there, Ryan? Uh, it's something from work. It's an Apple II. It's a, it's a ThinkPad. <laughs> uh, ThinkPad. Uh, Chinese. Okay. Uh, isn't everything? Well, well. Great. <laughs> great. Now Ryan's computer's giving us all the coronavirus. That's what I read on the news. Yeah. <laughs> So how is that? How is Auburn, Alabama? Uh, a little wet today. Yeah, it was, it was very uh, tropical stormy today. Man, let me tell you, what we don't have over here rain. Oh, a little dry out there in the. Oh Plano. boy, it is. Today it was 96 degrees on my bike ride this afternoon, and not a drop of moisture in sight. How does it? Uh, how does it manage to be so dry yet so humid in Texas? Well, it depends on where you are. Yeah, like yesterday, yeah. yesterday was pretty humid here, but today it was not at all. Well, that's nice, at least. Yeah, today it was uh, it was like Phoenix. I guess West Texas is definitely not very humid. Right. San, San Antonio was maybe the most oppressive heat I've ever experienced in my whole life. It's pretty humid some days in San Antonio, but nothing compares to a late summer, early September day in Houston. Houston, yeah. The average temperature in Houston, average, year-round average temperature is 89 degrees. It's rough. Like that and is, it's, not, it's not close enough to the ocean to get, a, to get the breeze from the ocean either. So I mean, it's, it's kind of on the ocean, but you're right. Just, like, it's far enough yeah. away that you don't get any breeze. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Very weird. Yeah, it's, Houston is an amazing city in terms of food culture art and music yeah. and it is a I terrible a nice, city for everything else I had a nice time in houston when i was there I it's a great there. city i would go again from january to march <laughs> for sure my buddy ronaldo lives there uh, out in uh, i think he's in sugar land now he's with ronaldo yeah yeah man, man. that's big hot Hold number one <laughs> ronaldo and chiefer buddies number two apparently ronaldo's playing for the dynamo <laughs> Yeah, we had fun. We, we, uh, I don't know. I didn't. I don't. I couldn't even tell you where we went. 
because I just rode with him. He followed him. We went we went to like a dive bar, had pretty good beers there, and it's nice. Is this cool. more Cristiano Ronaldo or more like Il Fenomeno Brazilian Ronaldo? Oh, more more like Brazilian Ronaldo. Oh man, I don't even know if Ryan knows who that is. The 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 real Ronaldo. <laughs> no, uh, this is uh, this is Ronaldo Reed uh, Reezy. He's he, and I always say he spells it the correct way, not like Ronaldo. He's Ronaldo. I don't know what that is. R A R E. Okay. Guys, I'm recording anyway. from outside again. So if you hear ambient noise, it's part of the part of the charm of recording outside. It's the experience. Yeah. What you... Like you're here poolside with me in Plano, Texas. Ryan, are you there? I'm here. Oh, good. Just uh, just checking on a couple things. Oh, I okay. tell you, if Ryan drops out, this, shit. this show is going to go off the rails. Uh, yeah, yeah. I still uh, haven't looked well, at these show notes. Hey, uh, Crow, you you just moved out of Auburn, and I think you're missing a nice new food spot. Uh, downtown Irritable Bowel just opened up. I, you know, that's a great spot. I went to the one when it was a truck. Okay. I re- I could not recommend it highly enough. Yeah. So we went opening day, and we waited in the line. It was a it's a hefty 40-minute wait, probably. Um, yeah, we got They had a buffalo chicken bow Ooh. and a sweet and spicy chicken box. Fantastic. That sounds pretty good. It was definitely worth the wait. Uh, already planning my next visit, although I'm hoping the line won't be as bad next time. Yeah. Let me tell you what I ate last week, Ryan. I ate a Whataburger twice. <laughs> <laughs> And I also went to a place called. You pepper with it, right? Yeah, of course. And I also went to a place okay. called the Halal Guys, and Halal Guys is incredible. It sounds good. What's it's your a, uh, What's your uh, burger of choice at uh, Whataburger? Well, I'm not as young as I used to be, Chief. When I was in high school, it, I could eat anything. Sure. But now I'm yeah, a Whatab- yeah. Now I'm the a Whataburger school, Junior guy. The high school aged male is just a dumpster. They're just. I, a, I, a dumpster. I have to atone for those sins. Still, <laughs> I, I eat Whataburger Juniors. Mm. Um, a lot of times I go double meat, double cheese on my Whataburger Jr. I get grilled jalapenos and grilled onions and peppers on there as well. Mustard, no mayo. That's my you know. That's my Whataburger. You know, I th- I think I might have to start just building one of the specialty burgers on a Whataburger Jr. That that's a good idea because um, it's cheaper and you end up with a ton of good food. The, yeah. When I was in high school, Chief, my normal order was a triple meat Whataburger. <laughs> with jalapenos and extra pickles and I would get um, grilled onions. That was how my clo- go-to. How, how close are you to Whataburger? From my house? From my brother's yeah. house? Can you walk there? We can't walk there, but it's pretty close. I bet it's... Can you you could. There? I could walk there. It's like two and a half miles. I would have to resist getting breakfast there every morning if, uh, <laughs> if it was like a five-minute drive. The problem is i got to pass like three places that make breakfast tacos to get oh, to Whataburger here. Okay. All right. And a Shipley's Donuts, which has tough to beat. Mm, Shipley's Donuts, eh? Yeah. What's that about? It's a Texas donut chain. Cool. It is incredible. They also have kolaches, which are like God's gift. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Those are good. Mm -hmm. Which is actually not what they're called in Czech. They're called Koblensk, but uh, only people who have been through West Texas, not the area, but the city named West Texas. Mm-hmm. Which is a little Czech Texas city in like central Texas, north of Waco, south of Dallas. They have a gas station there called the Czech Stop, spelled C Z E C H, and they it's the best Czech bakery outside of Czechoslovakia. Um, and they do legit kolaches, which are more like Danishes, and then they do the Koblensk, which is what most people call kolaches. And Czechoslovakia is a country that no longer exists. It was Did a, you know part of the uh, old Soviet Union? Did you know that uh, the Czech Republic has changed its name officially? Really? To, to, Czech- to Czechia? Czechia? Czechia. Czechia. To be more right. like Slovenia, Slovakia. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. right. Serbia. Interesting. Well, they're yeah. no longer a republic. I don't know if they didn't tell anybody that, but like most people don't know that that this country is a new name. My uncle's a big fan of the Czech Republic. He's been over there a few times, and he, he, uh, he says they got great beer there in the Czech Republic. They invented the um, Budweiser-style Pilsner. Huh. So the Budweiser we have in the United States is a ripoff of a Budweiser that existed from the 
ages on there in Czech, Czechia. Interesting. And the German version of the Pilsner comes from Czech. I'll be. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, that's Facts Beer of Crow. Check. Guys, we have a guest coming on maybe in a little bit. Are we going to ask him about what uh, defunding the police might mean for major cities across the United States? It's a pretty heavy topic. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I, I, I will say that it was interesting the week that we had on Auburn Twitter. Um, because Interesting's we, a word for it. Well, because it ranged from, <laughs> it ranged from everything from this incredible like unity that I didn't think I'd ever see before, of people kind of all joining together to rep, to support um, African American people, African American players, whatever. And then all of the sudden, the dumbest things you've ever heard. Do we Just, want to name a No, I'm not going to name names. Not naming names. Nah. <laughs> naming names. But all of a sudden, <laughs> like literally from the top rope, something that you didn't think was still even a take. Yeah. Some great ASMR there, Chief. Yeah, just chew that ice right in that microphone. Yeah, like <laughs> I've never seen somebody drag. I've never seen a dragging that publicly. By yeah. a player too, bro. That's a it's a banner week, and <laughs> this is on top of the fact that Auburn is maybe going to get hit with an LOI in basketball. Well, according to Pat Forday, we already have. Right. Remember. Right. <laughs> maybe we have. Maybe we haven't. Maybe we have. Maybe we haven't. So if Auburn uh, is ineligible for the postseason, uh, Oklahoma State, does that mean we're going undefeated like the uh, <laughs> football team? Yeah, maybe. Although I'll, I'll say this, the last time the basketball team was put on probation, things did not go well. No, uh, they did not go year. well. So uh, <laughs> um, I, I'm still hopeful for that in that situation, by the way. I, I know the NCAAs, you just, I mean, they just do whatever. There's no rhyme or reason, but. We uh, we went above and beyond in what we did. They've already handed out, um, you know, punishment to the players involved, um, and we self-imposed a recruiting ban for a year. Yeah. So we already did stuff ourselves. You know, you, you never know. I, I I really, I'm hopeful still. I'm I'm not. Complete doom and gloom, uh, as I know that some people are at this point. But the bottom line is, what happened to Oklahoma State didn't deserve to happen to them either. So it's just the NCAA is—is is it a rogue organization? Like they have nobody tells them what to do. So it's a kangaroo court. Yeah, yeah. It's just silly and shouldn't be a thing anymore. Yeah, it's anachronistic at this point. Um, oh, the cicadas are the, out. Oh, nice. The conferences have more real power anyway right. than the NCAA. So I'm, yeah, I mean, they negotiate their own TV rights. So yeah, like I and was thinking, that's what the power is, right? That's I was thinking the, the other day. I was like, what's what's even the point of the NCAA? <laughs> like, what what point do they like? What purpose do they serve? I guess the other sports they organize their post tournaments, right? Um, and they have a they make a like a a unified list of rules. Sure, that's a main. That's like the main thing they do at this point. Like it's hey, we all play by the same rules. Hmm. Yeah. The like only the, uh, like like even in boxing, you have to have some organizing organization right. to, to you list would the have rules. To have, you would have to have some organization replace them, but uh, maybe not have you know uh, this huge bureaucratic organization uh, yeah. to do so um, I you know I guess in a way you still have to have unless you just break up all the other sports into their own things and not have it all under one banner but I, I don't know I say you just let uh, conferences or schools or however you want to do it have their own home court rules home field rules mm-hmm so it like the designated... three point line can be a different distance depending on where you're playing at. Yeah, in the SEC I mean, you get with the outfield fence. In the SEC they play like you get twelve defensive linemen. 
or defensive players. There's no targeting only yeah. in the Big Twelve. Right. It's one of the that's one of the wildest things about baseball is is, is every field is completely different. It's, and the rules change. Crazy. Yeah. It's just yeah. From league yeah. Even within a professional league, the rules change, right? It's just haphazard. Um all right, let's talk a little bit about something that we haven't talked about in a while, which is American football. Uh okay. Okay. So on the on our website, which you can go to at collegeofmagnolia.com, part of the SB Nation Galaxy of Stars. Um, there is a thing going on that Nerd is doing. Nerd being the best writer for the website by, I don't know, considerable distance. The thing keeping the website afloat, the the, the backbone. <laughs> but not really a backbone. Backbone is for a snake because we don't have any arms backbone and legs. And blogs. <laughs> uh, the AU Nerd wrote, has a series going on about where he's just asking questions in like a roundtable type format. Like, who will lead Auburn in rushing? Who is going to be... Will Bo Nix throw for 3,000 yards? Whatever. These are really good, and you should go read them. I would say it might be the one of the better things we've done in an offseason in a while. And I know I haven't written anything. I wrote my first piece within that in forever, so I'm committing. You hear, hear it now. Dear listener, I'm writing something on the Dagum website this week. I don't know oh what it's going to be, but I got to figure something out because I because I'm tired of not. I didn't even have a login there for a while. It had been so long. I think Jack yeah, fired gotta, me. Uh, Jack fired you. Yeah, <laughs> Jack. Jack Loki fired me somehow. So, do we want to talk about what some of those questions were? Yes, that's what I. That's why I brought that okay. up, Ryan, I'm a professional podcaster. Let's talk about those questions. You seem to be. Uh trailing away there well it's it's late (laughs) (laughs) oh happy uh happy june 9th guys happy nice day nice so let's talk about the bo nix one first was that our first one yeah yeah yes will he beat out kaylin newton for the starting job (laughs) (laughs) man (laughs) Yes. However, would it be the most <laughs> incredible Auburn story? That the the Auburn story that would get people hating us the most if Bo Nix gets injured week three and Kayla Newton comes in and just lights the league on fire and we win the conference. People oh, yeah. be so mad at us. They'd hate us so bad. It, they would be even more mad if Kalen had to play for a significant chunk. Seasons of I think, you know, we're looking at four or five wins, and then we beat Alabama. Hmm. <laughs> or just be nice. Bo goes down at halftime against Alabama with, like, cramps. And Kalen Newton comes in <laughs> cramps. and throws, like, three touchdown passes in the second half. We beat Alabama. Yeah, yeah those that November heat, it just, it'll get to you. Man, I don't know what he does the night before the game. Might be dehydrated. <laughs> So the real question, I think, was uh, is Bo Nix going to get to 3,000 yards this year? Yeah, and give some background to that, Ryan. How many Auburn quarterbacks have ever thrown for 3,000 yards? Uh, it's not many. Not many, Crow. The Auburn passing the and receiving numbers are atrocious from a historical perspective. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you were aware, but we're really known for our running and not yeah. really any. Our passing, even though we have a Heisman winning, uh, two Heisman winning quarterbacks, we have more Heisman quarterbacks than we do running backs. Okay, so you know it, it's been done fairly recently, getting to three thousand yards. Uh, Jarrett Stidham did it in twenty seventeen. Uh, it was only the second quarterback to ever do it for Auburn. But <laughs> who was the Sweet. first? Uh, Damian Craig. Yeah. Cam actually didn't get to three thousand. Well, that's because he's just running people over. Yeah, he he had. What thirty five hundred all purpose? Oh no, because he had twenty eight, twenty eight fifty through the air. Oh, and fifteen hundred on the ground, right? Yeah. He had over a thousand on the ground, right? Forty three hundred total offense. Yeah, that is wild. In that one year, he is tenth all time in total offensive yards for Auburn. That is why he won the high. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, he didn't have like fifty, like fifty touchdowns. The only thing wilder than that is that um, 
what was that dude name who won the Heisman for OU? Chief, not Baker Josh Mayfield. Heifel? No, no <laughs> not not Heupel. Brad, uh, Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford yeah, that, that threw for fifty touchdowns. Well, he definitely didn't run for him. Yeah, incredible. So that's why I he won the Heisman. Did you know that Jalen Hurts threw for three thousand eight hundred and fifty yards for OU last year? Did you that's see his receivers? Could you? Is there, dude? Has I'm telling anyone... you, like, what what are we doing at our school? OU could take Chief and get a three thousand yard passer. <laughs> Sorry about my dog. I don't know what he's barking at. He's probably barking at my takes because they're meaty. <laughs> like why is it that, that OU and Alabama is it just the receivers or is it the offense or is it the coordinator where it seems like every single year now they're have a 3,000 yard passer and a 1,000 yard receiver I think it's just the offense I think it's the the way that uh, every Big 12 team every wide receiver seems to have 3,000 miles of space between them and the, and the defender at all times right. I don't know what it, I don't know what it is but that's just the way it seems has I mean, people aren't regularly regularly throwing for fifty touchdowns in the SEC, are they? Like, I don't. I, no, I can't think of anybody that has. Um, I mean, Cam, but he didn't throw for fifty. He ran for. We we talked about it already. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the Cam Newton some, season really is like a. It is a weird thing to think about. Come how how much it came out of nowhere, how bonkers good it was and then it was gone yeah we um all right the next question so wait so wait let's well, we, we got to answer the question don't we yeah chief <laughs> chief is is Bo Nix going to become the third Auburn quarterback ever to have 3,000 yards passing no yeah yeah I think that's the best part I'm going to say no to only because like Past performance might indicate future performance. I don't know. I, well, I, okay, now, so to give you some context, he threw for twenty five fifty last year, so he was uh, two games short. Uh, okay, five hundred yards, and we maybe he does more. have. And we're playing two we're more games this earlier, year. Maybe the second best receiver in Auburn history throw to throw to. And we're playing two more games this year, Ryan. Are sure, we? sure, minimum. <laughs> <laughs> um, we might throw the ball a little bit more and do a little more in the in the air yeah, this year. That's the other part of it, Chad Morris. So maybe, maybe if Anthony Schwartz didn't have a club on his hand, he'd have at least fifty more yards. Well, if we just throw to the man more than you know. Well, we threw to him that one time we had a club on his hand, and he would have yeah, caught it. I know he was I wide know. open. <laughs> I know, but uh, then we. Uh, for some reason, just did not throw it to him at, at times when it seemed like maybe we should have. Well, I mean, how hard is it to get the fastest person in the entire country behind the defense? <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, but then you got to hit him. Well, then to hit him and to have time to hit him. What are you trying to say, Ryan? He's fast. Oh, okay. Okay. He can get really far downfield before you can throw it to him. Okay. And what if like I, your arm isn't? I, didn't, I didn't know if you enough. were making any uh, any comments about accuracy there. No, guys, football yeah. is hard. Okay. All right, football. football Bo, Bo threw for a yeah, uh, eh, six point seven yards per attempt. Sure, that's pretty uh, mad. I think we talked about how that was the same as Jeremy Johnson in twenty fifteen. Dios. <laughs> It's only going to get better. You, you can sure, that, right? It can't He's get worse. Freshman, no rushing attack really to work with. No, uh, no offensive line to speak of. An offensive coordinator who's could be his big brother. You <laughs> say that, Chief, but then didn't he? Didn't we have like two offensive linemen go in the NFL draft? Yeah, yeah. Two I think it was more offensive line NFL. Players. I think it was more a confluence of Bowden really. Trust them, maybe because they weren't great in the early season, and that got him out of the pocket, and that hurt his accuracy. And you know, some of that's on Bo. Uh, hopefully, that comes with 
just being a freshman and get improved from there. Uh, let's move on from Bo Nix. The College of Magnolia Roundtable question two, I'm going to ask it in two parts. The question is, who will lead Auburn in rushing? My question to you is, who do you want to lead Auburn in rushing, and who do you actually think will lead Auburn in rushing? Tank. Tank Bigsby. No, uh, I, I think I, I DJ – I bet Tank leads us. DJ is the guy I would like to see us lead us. I'm still, I'm still not done with DJ Williams. So, are you not all about uh, Bo Nix running for a thousand yards this year? Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. You will be able to give your tickets away if Bo Nix leads us the team in rushing. <laughs> so, just to go through the options because Auburn's got a pretty big running back room right now. Um, we've got. The only senior is Malik Miller, uh, a couple upperclassmen in Sean Shivers, and I guess Harold Joyner, isn't he a redshirt sophomore at this point? Or is he just a true sophomore? Uh, him and DJ Williams, who's DJ is a returning rusher from last year, leading returning rusher from last year, and then Mark Anthony Richards and Tank Bigsby. So, I mean, it, it really could be outside of Malik Miller it could be any of those five guys I think no wait a minute <laughs> this is reminds me of a joke Ryan outside of a dog a book is a man's best friend inside of a dog is too dark to read I'm not sure I follow there crow outside of Malik Miller it's those guys but inside Malik Miller it's too dark to tell who it's going to be the lead oh, rusher. So the season is just, you don't want to even look at it. If Malik Miller is the leading rusher, is that what you're saying? No, what I'm saying is, don't <laughs> leave Malik Miller out of this. Here's a guy that, for whatever reason, is always wide open on wheel routes and other... Maybe he can be the leading receiver. Like, And even when he gets the ball on draws and other plays, he seems to gain 9, 10 yards every single time. I've never understood it. He also runs well, you like know, the field is, is shifting like uphill. Season of eligibility, so yeah, I think he might be He's forty years old. <laughs> he might be part of the Court Sandberg Memorial, like oldest player on the team award. <laughs> uh, I hate to break it to you, Crow, but he is at three point nine yards per rush. It feels like that's it's nine point three. Is what it feels well, like. He's averaging eleven yards a catch. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like he is always wide open and somehow, though he is not the fleetest of foot, is able to gain just tremendous chunks of yards whenever he gets to rock. Ryan, who do you want to lead the team in rushing? Who do you think actually will do it? Um, I think I'm kind of the opposite of, uh, of Chief. I, I would love to see Tank Bigsby come in and just tear the league up. Um, I think that would be a, a great story. Auburn hasn't really had a freshman running back do those kinds of things in a long time. Since Mike uh, Dyer. But I think the safe thing is DJ Williams. It's, I mean, he had 400 yards last year. Uh, I mean, he, he played well uh, when Booby was out with the injury, but it just you know, true freshmen don't normally leave that mark, which is why I'm kind of hesitant on Tank. Yeah, and I think DJ, DJ did a really nice job in the LSU game, which made a lot of Auburn fans yeah. like kind of go overboard with DJ. For me, DJ Williams is probably the safest bet, and mainly it's because of coronavirus. Like with the shortened off season, no spring practice, and all that stuff. Like Gus is going to go with the guy that he knows. Yeah, and DJ is the only guy that he knows. Um, who I take it back? I, I want Sean Shivers to be the. Right. Who if I want to be is rusher, Sean Shivers. So much fun. Yeah. The type of offense that exists in which Sean Shivers is the leading <laughs> rusher is the type of off- offense that will make well, me look forward to Auburn games every now, Saturday. Now, now, hold on. There's a difference between being the leading rusher and having five, 550 yards. Well, that's true. <laughs> and being the leading rusher and having <laughs> a thousand yards. I do mean, we think it, do we yeah. think any of these guys are going to have a thousand yards? Rushing? If, the the season in which Sean Shivers leads the team in rushing and has over a thousand yards rushing is the type of season that is exciting to me because that is a fun player to give the ball to. Yeah, twenty times a game. Um, 
but also the very specific type of offense that he is most suited in. Um, and Auburn really hasn't run it the last couple of years. Yeah. Well, Auburn's got really good speed options from other guys, and I think that's part of it. I mean, you've got Anthony Schwartz for that as Elasto for his knee injuries. So it hasn't really been a running back, it seems like, uh, to get those end-around carries. Mm-hmm. But anybody that's uh, popping helmets off in the Iron Bowl, He's going to get a look. <laughs> That's why I want him to. Well, actually, my first choice was Harold Joyner only because it's so out of nowhere. And he's yeah, gigantic. He's a wild card. He's, he's a big guy. Uh, he might end up being a uh, Wildcat quarterback this year. Um, which, hey, that'd be something if he was a leading running back or leading rusher out of the Wildcat. Man, Auburn Twitter would melt down. <laughs> if we just ran Wildcat every play, <laughs> just let Harold Joyner take us, yeah. take us there, Harold. Auburn Twitter and Alabama Twitter. I gotta imagine. What did they call us? Gotcha and Grabass? Yeah. That's that's why we're the purveyors of Gotcha and Grabass right now. It's unbelievable, man. They're just such sore sore winners. <laughs> like just be year. okay. Be okay with the fact that you win almost always. They can't be okay. No, that's why they're so much fun to beat. It's not Alabama is so much fun to beat. Not because they win all the time. It's because they're not okay with winning all the time. They're such babies about winning all the time. Yeah, it's, it's just the, I don't know, it's such a weird situation. So, I don't know. I don't get it. I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that we're not in a situation where we're not happy with winning all the time. We might but be I in wish basketball. Well, so let's go a little bit into basketball after we take this break. At 31 minutes and 19 seconds. And we're back. It's now 31 minutes and 30 seconds. I don't know if our guest is going to show up. This might be two weeks in a row that we've been stood up by Auburn basketball players. I'm starting to feel like an Alabama co ed. <laughs> Man. Man. Yeah. Crow, I've got a question for you. Go for it, Ryan. And you and Chief. No, this Who's is just for me. Who's going to have Chief. a better NBA career, Chuma or Isaac Okoro? Define better. Uh, you define better. I mean, okay. The, <laughs> who's going to be in the league the longest, more all-star games? I don't know. Okay, However you want to look at it. My question is, who's the better player to you, Robert Ori? Or um, Leandro Barbosa. See, that's a problem because I've never seen either one of them play. Because <laughs> like Robert Ory has like seven titles, <laughs> but he never made an All Star team. And Leandro Barbosa did he, did he really never make an All Star? I don't think team? so. And that's Barbosa, great. I believe, made an All Star team. Um, so I would say, based on that, like I would, I think. I think Isaac Okoro is going to have a better career in that I think he'll be in the league longer. I think he will make more of an impact on lousy teams quicker. Um, I think Chuma might be the piece that a really good team might want in a couple of years and go poach. So you might see Chuma on, like, I don't know, like a really good – Warriors team or Mavericks team or Spurs team or Lakers team that needs like one more shooter and they grab Chumo Kiki and, and now they've got a, a nice backup three or starting three um, whereas Okoro because he's going to be a top 15 pick maybe top 10 pick is going to be kind of expected to be the man on whatever team he gets taken by unless the Warriors get him which the best case scenario for Isaac is the Warriors take him yeah. I think that's to his detriment though is I mean, he. We saw the flaws in his game. Is yeah. He, he's not a three-point shooter. No. And he's not the man. Like he's, he's not going to be the biggest, strongest guy to be able to take it to the to the basket anymore. The good news is he's 19 years old and he can yeah. still become a good three-point shooter. Like he's incredible, but it, I don't know if he has the. Okay, I'm going to be the guy that with three seconds left, 
the ball is coming to me. Nobody else take the ball from me. I'm shooting this shot. Or we need a bucket right now. I'm going to get it. He's He really isn't that much of a of that type of player. However, he is the guy that's like, all right, we I'm need to stop. The guy that's going to take that bucket. Yeah, we need to stop. Okay, Isaac, you guard Damian Lillard. Go. Um, so I could see, I mean, well, the rumors he's going to the Hawks. That's, to me, the Hawks are such trash as an organization Oof. that I don't really want him to do that, only because, like, like, what are they doing? What are they? What are they trying to build in Atlanta? Like, uh, nothing. Nothing. They are. They're really they're having around Trey Young. No, I know. No, I understand. No. They got Trey Young, no. and so the idea is we're building Warriors East. They had the the lowest three point percentage in the league last year, so they're not building Warriors East. They're just shooting a lot of threes, and so like, they're just, and Trey Young's a great player, but everybody else was. In the wrong position, miss like misaligned. It was a it's a disaster in Atlanta. I really like I, as much as there are people who want to stand for the Hawks. Like there's no advanced stat by which Atlanta is anything but a dumpster fire at this point, and I don't want him in that because of that. Like I, unless they decide to shift identities, um, and he's now you know. Well, the, the, the Hawks have been the mediocre city for 30 years so i, I know it's not going to change and maybe they are at li- they maybe they the are seven of the eastern conference finals one time yeah Kyle exactly. Corver in the house <laughs> one time. maybe they are going to be golden state east and maybe he's the andre Iguodala of that but like maybe or the or maybe he's even draymond green like he's the defensive swiss army knife that can do everything but like they're missing so many pieces in Atlanta that him going there is, okay, great. That's where he's going to be for his rookie deal. And then when his rookie deal is up, hope to God that he gets to sign somewhere else as a free agent. Like, that's just the way that's going to be. And to be honest, Atlanta fans, that's probably Trey Young's situation too right now. Like, that's a ticking clock. He's going to re-sign somewhere else until they, if Atlanta can't figure it out. Yeah. That's the way the league works. Um. Yeah, people. The guys aren't sticking around. Even the uh, Mavericks. But, I'm a huge Mavericks fan. Even the Mavs understand that Luca is not going to be there if they can't figure something out to get past the seven seed in the West. Is, is Atlanta the biggest small market team? Like they're not a small market, but no, they right. operate like they're one. But they operate it, like they're one. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Like Atlanta acts like they're Milwaukee. <laughs> Or even worse, uh, Minnesota. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's I mean, a terrible franchise. If you look at like actual number of people in the city, I San Antonio city is San Antonio is oh. way bigger than people give it credit for. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I always think it's weird that that's considered a small market. Cause yeah, it's, it's a big huge. city, but it's but it's, I guess, out of the way. I don't I don't really know. Yeah, and because uh, it doesn't have a big airport. But it's a gigantic city. Yeah. It's, it's almost, yes. I mean, it's smaller than Houston, but it's, I think it might be bigger than Dallas now, which is wild. Yeah. It, it, I know it felt really big when I was a kid. It's um, sprawling. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But it's not really a basketball market, except that, it, like, that's the only game in town now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. They don't have anything else, right? So they're all Spurs fans. They don't have, they've they won the, they've won the NFL since before I was born. Like they built the Alamo Dome to hope to get an NFL team, and they didn't get right. it. So like they they've done everything they can to get an NFL team, they can't get one get, given to them. It's such a weird. It's a weird that that city's like. Is it just because of where it is? Like I don't understand. I don't know either. I think it's racism because people don't want to give a bunch of Mexicans oh, a sports team. Yeah. Guess. Um, like there's there's no reason they don't have a major league baseball team either. They are they they like. The city was going to build the Marlins a brand new stadium. It was a cool city too. I don't and understand. They, they didn't get the Marlins. Um, uh, they had the Final Four there recently, didn't they? They wanted the they wanted Major League Soccer and Major League Soccer like, oh yeah, San Antonio, we'll, we'll we'll think about it. And then like all of a sudden, Austin just gets a team. Like it doesn't make any sense that Austin not, got a it's team. It's not like it's El Paso or something. Like, like San Antonio is way bigger than Austin, and Austin got a team before San Antonio did. It makes no sense. 
That doesn't make any sense at all. And then Major Sucker had the audacity to be like, well, what if we put the team in South Austin? It's come almost kind of like your team too, San Antonio. <laughs> no, man, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got a Hard Rock San Antonio shirt, Hard Rock Cafe. Ryan, the Hard Rock Cafe yeah. was... Yeah. <laughs> they sponsored the, uh, the Orange Bowl for a little while, didn't they? The, sure. the stadium, not the game? Yeah, sure, sure. Landshark sparks the, the stadium. They still got the casino in, uh, in Biloxi, don't they? I don't know. I think they, I think they do. It's I been don't know a if long time since I've been to Biloxi, Mississippi. I love Biloxi. It's a great place to pass through. Okay, so we were going to have an Auburn player I keep hearing, on. I keep hearing a bell. Where's yeah, a bell? it's the wind chimes here. Oh, nice. The wind's okay. coming in. Nice. nice. Bringing that cold front. Tomorrow's only going to be 90. That's <laughs> um, nice chilly. Tomorrow, so we're we were gonna have a player on from Auburn's team. That's oh, it's not really Auburn's team. The basketball yeah, tournament. No um, I so mean, it's more or less TBT. Auburn's team, right? Yeah. What is that? The basketball tournament. Yeah, it's like a it's an ESPN thing. It's like a it's a three on three tournament. No, it's it's five on five. Oh, okay. I'd, Never heard of it until this year, uh, and but the the confusing thing was that the way it came about, it was like I was supposed to have heard of it, like I, like it was a well, it's like it's fourth that, or fifth year. It's been around for two or three years, I yeah. Think. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, but so essentially, there's a grand prize, and I think it's two million dollars. Yeah, it used to be a million and bucks. Now it's two million bucks. It, as far as I know, anybody Look, can make a team. Yeah, and you recruit whoever you want to play with you. Uh, so a lot of times it's alumni of a certain school or, you know, guys from Philly. Um, and they'll come together, make a team. And I, I think it's like if you get so many followers, however they determine that. Yeah, it's some uh, sort of Instagram. The, the, the top however many teams get to go to the tournament. Uh, so I was con really confused about that aspect of it until I realized, oh, this is how they market it. So, right. So if Which it, it's not a bad idea for, I mean, for these – Sure. Yeah, a small event. Uh, it kind of incentivizes the individual teams you know, marketing themselves. Um, and that's what this – it was Tampa 2020, and now they're, they rebranded to War Tampa. That's what they've done. Um, so, LaRon Smith played with them, I think, last year. And this year, they've got a whole host of Auburn guys playing with them now. Uh, Horace is going to play, Deshaun Murray, uh, Bryce, and – They've gotten what they call boosters as well, which I, I think is just donors. I don't know if there's any difference in the, those two. Uh, but yeah, what is uh, the boosters' role? I, I think it's just they're providing a little bit more financial support. Okay. Uh, but Marquise Daniels, Chuma, and now Mustafa are all going to be boosters. I was, I was confused by why. How was uh, Mustafa a booster? Yeah, he's in college. Yeah, I, I don't know about. how that works, but. Um, I maybe think he's it's just, boosting like Twitter followers. Yeah, maybe it's just to get people excited, and he's saying he's going to play for them next year as well. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because he had that injury this year that kept him out of the end of the season. Yeah, and none of these guys. It, the the important thing about this this thing is there is no summer league this year that some of these guys could have possibly right. played in. Um, so this is giving them an opportunity to play get in front of some uh, some people on tv and i'm sure there's nba scouts there why wouldn't there be right yeah are we not doing a summer league is that a, has that been announced yeah i'm pretty sure they were just like no nah, there's no summer well, league i mean they're not doing a draft until yeah, i know but the the but I, I don't even know if they've announced when the next season's gonna start i thought they said no summer league for sure okay i think the rumor i don't know if this is true or not but i thought the rumor for a while was they were shooting for a christmas day yeah, Christmas. Well, that's my dream. My dream for that, basketball is that it starts Christmas Day and then goes until whenever August. baseball season ends so that I don't have to watch October. Braves-Marlins <laughs> baseball games in the middle of it, August. I don't think it'll go that long, but it'll go till uh, August, yeah. uh, early September at least. And then you got playoff baseball. I mean, if you, get, if you give me NBA Finals in August and then playoff baseball in October, that's great. That's way better than like regular season Braves games in <laughs> August. If you could go 
NBA postseason straight into college football? Is that what you're looking for? That's incredible, Ryan. Yes, sign me up. With a 50-game baseball season? Now, listen, let's move on to something that I know that all of our listeners have been wanting to hear. Crow, what do you think about the Lance documentary on ESPN? Oh, yeah, we finished up, right? <laughs> yeah, finished up. So I think everyone should watch it. If you have ESPN+, Plus, you can actually watch it with no commercials. So it's two hour-and-a-half episodes as opposed to two two-hour episodes, which I think is much more digestible. Um, it's a lot of time to spend with Lance Armstrong because it is it <laughs> is a, not not really a pleasant guy. No, and it's a time. lot of like time with Lance. Like it's him in front of a camera or him in his house, him on a boat in a lake. It's just is Vince him. Vaughn there. What'd you say? Is Vince Vaughn there? No. Ah, oh. unfortunately, no. It's yeah, dodgeball reunion. And I, I'm bad. a Lance. Apologist. I've been accused of being a Lance apologist by my wife. She's like, how can you support this guy? He's like the worst dude ever, and you'll say he's the worst dude ever. And I agree. He's the worst dude ever. <laughs> like, he's he's a bad guy. Like, you watch the documentary. At no point in this documentary do you ever think anything other than, this is a bad, a bad guy who, for whatever reason, has an incredibly soft and compassionate heart for one thing in the world, and that is people with cancer. Because he had cancer. Oh yeah, he's done. I I, I heard uh, I heard someone who has this cancer survivor talking about this, uh, talking about how you can kind of forgive him because of, like Livestrong is a great organization, bro. Like they say this in the documentary too, and they're right. Like if you get diagnosed with cancer today in 2020, your chances of survival are better because of Lance Armstrong. That's and that's a hundred percent true. Um, Look, but that doesn't make him not a bad person and that's kind of like what the documentary goes through is like and I love that about it is that there is no such thing as a purely evil human or a purely good human and so kind of investigating this man is like look he did some miserable things he existed in a time unlike baseball where like in baseball we have the steroid era but there were probably I, don't, I would say even at the height of the steroid era, nobody would contend that more than 60% of the players were on steroids. Sure. Right? Like, you wouldn't say, oh, yeah, it was 90% of the players on steroids. That, no, definitely not. That'd be nuts, right? At the height of the what they call the EPO era or the doping era of cycling, if you were not on EPO, which is a type of blood doping, it adds red blood cells to your, to your blood. If you're not on EPO, you could not finish the race within the time cutoff. And a guy like makes that comment. He goes, yeah, I wasn't brought to the Tour de France that year by my team because they knew I didn't dope, and so I couldn't finish the race. Not win the race, finish the race. <laughs> like, if you were not doping, you were not able to finish the contest. So everybody was doping. Everybody I in that era was on it. I think people that are at least feign repulsion of Lance Armstrong because of the doping are silly. Yeah, and the the point it's the uh, the aftermath, sure. the way he tr treated people after the fact, oh. the way he sued people, went after people, ruined their lives in the media, ruined people's lives, like yeah. that that is what makes him a bad person. Took Greg LeMond like who is the greatest American cyclist ever, Greg LeMond. Lance Armstrong like got Trek to drop Greg LeMond's contract because Greg LeMond insinuated that maybe Lance might have met with a guy who might be doping. Yeah, it was is. it's It was dastardly. And, like, yes, like, we don't know the question of, well, if everybody was doping and Lance won, he's the best. Well, not necessarily because, like, your, not everybody's body reacts to the same drugs the same way, so maybe Lance was just a high responder to EPO. So we don't know if everybody was clean, would Lance have won? Lance maintains that he would have won, but is that even important? Like, yeah. who knows? All I know is he won seven tours. I ride bikes today because of Lance. He was the first guy that I ever watched ride bikes. I was like, man, I want to ride bikes, so that's why I ride bikes. 
Um, so it's difficult for me to be like super anti Lance Armstrong just because it's my favorite thing to do. And I wouldn't have ever discovered it if it wasn't for them, for him at the same time. He's the worst dude. He's the worst dude ever. Like you do not, you watch the documentary. You're like, I do not want, if I ever have a son, if he even remotely begins to act like this man, I'll have <laughs> failed as a father. Like he's just the biggest jerk. But like, there's also this redemptive story in the doc. It's a good doc. It's a good documentary. Cause like, he does seem to have come through the other side where like he admits, yeah, I was a horrible person, but I'm glad I did it because I would have never learned those lessons that I've now learned. Like he's didn't like, he, he makes the case like, like I needed it. I needed to lose everything to learn did, to not be this way. Didn't he just drop his wife to start dating Cheryl Crow at some point? And that he happened? dropped his wife who then was diagnosed with cancer to date Cheryl oh. Crow. Oof. Yeah, yeah. It, that that was should have been an early. And then he sign, dropped right? Cheryl Crow. Oh, that's right. Like he did Cheryl Crow dirty too. Ryan Cheryl Crow uh, was a <laughs> musician from the mid nineties. Uh, is she in that band I've heard of called Counting Crows? Nope. Um, no. <laughs> Counting She's Crows is a band in the early nineties from with a guy named Adam Duritz that Sonic Crow has seen twice. No, wow, three times live. There you go. Also not in the Black Crows. No. Black Crows, man. I wish. Also, well. Uh, also not a son of Crow. No. Well, possibly related to Crow? Who no. knows? Who knows? We have she, different uh, last she, names. She, was sma- she had uh, big fake front teeth because she got smashed oh. in, the, uh, in, the, in the mouth with a, uh, a beer mug at one point in her life and broke out some of her teeth. They were fake? Yeah, I didn't know she that. had to have con- surgery to like fix it. I always thought she was so pretty, like she had the prettiest yeah. mouth, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, guys, we'll end on that. How pretty Cheryl Crow is? <laughs> Tell us your thoughts. Do you think Cheryl Crow's pretty? Write to at Ryan S. Starrett on Twitter. Let me know. <laughs> Let Ryan know is Cheryl Crow pretty? All right. See you guys next week. Maybe next week we'll actually have a former Auburn basketball player on the pod. If not, my brother is going to come on and we're going to do Crow and Crow show. Is that like Simon and Simon? The more you crow. The more you crow. (laughs) That's perfect, Ryan. The more you crow. All right. See you all next week. Adios.